This time on episode 284 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 3, Fear and Loathing on the Planet of Kitson. I'm Ryan from the Dad.io podcast, a show dedicated to dorky dads everywhere. Part of the Gonna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other dadalicious geeky shows at gonnageeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, May 26, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast galactic-wide, especially to the planet of Kitson via www.geeks.live. Come on and join our live chat as we record. Michelle, happy National Paper Airplane Day. I am awful at making paper airplanes. I mean, I know how to make them, and then I toss them, and then you go, boom. Yeah, I like them because, well, you know, I'm a rocket scientist, and we had to do classes in aeronautical engineering, and part of that was the paper airplane toss through the field house at the college. You know, we're trying to see who got farthest. And of course you got farthest. Not only did you get a monetary reward, but you got an A in the class and that was important. And how did you do? A minus. It was, it was a good showing though. I mean, it was, you know, a, a good thing. And now I don't do paper airplanes. I do drones. So that's, what I do. And by drones, just to clarify for my audience, for our audience, I'm talking about the little quadcopters that are really popular right now. That's what I'm flying. It's it's great fun. I love it. So not paper airplanes, but from time to time when I get bored, I will start making a paper airplane and like throw it once or twice, but nothing as elaborate as that time in college. Fun times. Always fun. All right, let's get back to the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of getting secret messages from dolphins. If you'd like to talk to us about being able to hear secret messages from dolphins at the higher frequencies, you can go ahead and check us on our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail in a frequency we can hear at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you'd like to talk about perhaps petting dolphins, like my daughter did today in Nassau, you can catch us on our Facebook page at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you'd like to show us pictures of dolphins emitting high-frequency signals that only humans can hear, you can go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You can join our Discord server chat and talk to us a lot about the science behind whether or not only humans could hear that frequency. And you can catch that at geek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the geek.com network. It is for those around the world or even Canada, by the way, this is a long weekend in the United States. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's the unofficial start of summer. And both Agent Haley and Agent Lauren have decided to take their summer vacations. Good for them. I hope they're having fun. I hope they're having fun, too. And hopefully they will be back next week. But until then, it is just Michelle and I to talk the latest episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm really looking forward to this one. So, here we go.
We're talking the third episode of the sixth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was titled Fear and Loathing on the Planet of Kitson, a very long title indeed. It aired Friday, May 24th, 2019 on ABC, broadcast and on cable and satellite and everywhere else you get it. It was actually directed by a well-known director to us, especially Jesse Bochco, who is the son of the legendary director Stephen Bochco. He has, Jesse, has 16 directing credits starting in 2002. He had 10 episodes of NYPD Blue, one episode of The Closer, two episodes of Prison Break, six episodes of Dallas. We're talking about the reboot. His father would have been able to do the original Dallas. Nine episodes of Murder in the First and 11 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we definitely have some experience with Jesse. Always great to see him back. Michelle, who wrote this episode? This episode had two writers. First, Brent Fletcher has eight writing credits starting in 2004, including one episode of Angel, one Lost, one Spartacus Gods of the Arena, eight Spartacus, and 13 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Craig Titley, 10 writing credits starting in 2001, including two episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars, two of The Cape, and I am going to admit that I'm one of the five people that watched every episode of The Cape. And 11 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What a stacked creative team for this episode really is with Jesse Brent and Craig, all veterans of the series. And I think they needed to be for this episode because we'll talk later. Some things started to unfold here, which started to make sense to me in terms of time. We'll get to that in a little bit. Meantime, Michelle, the title of the episode is Fear and Loathing on the Planet of Kitson. This is a very long title indeed, and since Haley is not here to give us the meaning behind the title and the theme of the episode, I want you to give a stab at the first take of what you think. Well, there is a 1998 movie called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It starred Johnny Depp as a journalist who went on intoxicated binges and had hallucinations and would narrate things and on this episode we have certain members of our team well see enoch was able to tell fitz don't eat that on an empty stomach well our team has been starving and they decided to partake of the alien i guess version of maybe cheesy puff balls or something and uh let's just say they had a very interesting reaction yeah, the interesting reaction would probably be more akin to um, baked brownies here in or food goods with uh, some substances in them, which may or may not be legal depending on where you're at. And yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. I have not seen that movie. Is the movie worth a viewing? It wasn't up my alley. I mean, I watched it and I'm just like, okay. I, it's one of those things that it wasn't my style, so I can't really judge it if it was good or bad. Okay. So we definitely had an interesting setting. I guess it's kind of like Vegas because you had brothels and casinos. And we looked forward to this episode. And unfortunately, we only saw like the one room. We didn't see like the entire planet, although we did get a CGI scape of it. But. It was interesting how Enoch and Fitz found their way in there to begin with. I didn't think that they were going to do that, but there was something that they decided to back down and go that route instead of fighting for their ship, which you got to admit, Fitz fought for the ship last time. You kind of thought he would fight for it again, but there is just there's one little thing going on that he had to find alternative means of transportation. Right, Michelle? I mean, it was all about the snails and they tr try to do a reasonable transaction. I think it's one of those things where they just kind of got caught with their pants down. They really thought the deal was going to go through and they were going to get paid and move on. But instead they got taken, which is a nice little bit of foreshadowing. Fitz not being able to read the people and, I, and he takes that and he tries to teach Enoch that lesson, but Enoch doesn't learn it and loses all the chips wow i hadn't made that connection but yeah absolutely true what my one little thing that i was talking about was that they're wanted 
and the, now they're on the most wanted posters on everybody's smart device. So they took the chance that the new people that took over the ship weren't going to turn them in, which they didn't, by the way. So I'll give them that. Didn't expect that. I thought they were going to turn and double cross them or, or whatever. But so they couldn't argue with them because they weren't going to turn them in. And they needed the money for them for fuel for the ship and everything like that. So they, they just had no way of, of getting off the planet. So they decided to go into this Vegas-like place. And we find out a little bit more about Enoch being a Comic-Con and being able to simulate the fact that he's human. Although I think we knew that before. But he was able to fool any scanners. And I think he successfully did that until his buddies, and we'll get to that in a second, decided to shut him off. But Michelle, what did you think about the casino? Um, it was a hive of uh, scum and villainy. <laughs> a little bit of that, yeah. Although there were some rules, house rules and stuff like that. Nobody had weapons, and at least not that we were supposed to until the end. They played by certain amount of rules and, you know, the gambling games that they lost, they lost legally. They weren't cheated or anything. They were just bluffed. I know. And Enoch, for all that he knows, again, he just didn't know how to read that person. He didn't believe Fitz, his best buddy. Okay, they're best buddies now, which is awesome. And... I thought it was really interesting when he learned that guy lied and then he's asking Fitz, did you bluff me when you said that we were best friends? And it was very interesting dynamic and to see their relationship grow. I mean, it was nice to see them have an interaction besides Enoch watching Fitz in the cryo chamber, like knitting or whatever he was supposed to have done uh, for the past 70 years. Right. So let's set the scene here because I don't think we've done that yet this year is that at the end or at the beginning of last season, what happened after the first few episodes is Fitz found out that everybody got transported to the future but himself. So what Enoch was prepared to do was put Fitz in a cryo chamber and so he could sleep for 75 years and then come out at the end and help his team in the future. So that's the fits that we're dealing with. Once they did that last season, the whole team successfully did their mission in the future. And then they came back to the past. And that is when things got interesting with the Gravitron and Talbot and Robin, the soothsayer, uh, inhuman child. And basically, Talbot ended up dying in the middle of a major city battle. And so did Fitz because he was caught in the rubble. And I watched that again today and it was just very disheartening when you see that cement roof come down on Fitz and you know what happens at that point. And then the whole thing with Colson as well. So the whole team minus Colson and Fitz survived the trip back and now they're going off to get Fitz who's in cryo sleep and that's the fits that we're seeing here. It is not the fits that went through the entire season last year. So it's only the fits that went through half the season last year, but he's still alive and they're able to go get them. So it's timey wimey stuff, but you have to remember that. And I think it's important to state that because it's been so long since last season when some people might've forgotten what happened there. So th this is the fits and he's with Enoch and the timeline has changed. So their ship, which was supposed to actually survive for 75 years, doesn't. And they're just trying to survive. Enoch and Fitz are just trying to survive. So that's where they find themselves here. And this was never supposed to happen. And this is all a new timeline. And Michelle, do you think now's the time to go into the timeline or you want to wait until later? Oh, we can do the timey-wimey stuff now. I'm good. Okay. So there was a, for lack of a better term, a time cop. They call them hunters. I think it's a Chromacron hunter. And they're looking for abnormalities in the timeline. They discover that Fitz is one. They, I don't think Enoch is one specifically, but Fitz is one. And they're trying to find Fitz, and they find Fitz through Enoch, basically. And they 
go to the casino and try to find him. In the meantime, the lead hunter is interfacing with the rest of the space crew on board the Zephyr 1, who, this is hilarious, Zephyr 1 gets hit by a paperwork Nazi customs agent. He's like, okay, well, you're here now, and the paperwork's already started, so we have to finish the paperwork. We just can't let you go. You're in the system, meaning like the computer system. You're in the system now that you're in the solar system, whatever solar system that is. And so we have to do the paperwork. And so Daisy just gives up. She's like, fine, board us and, and we'll do this. And unfortunately, the customs agent also had the time cop with him. I'm just going to call him a time cop. I know he's a Comic-Con hunter, but I'm going to call him a time cop. And he's wanting to see Fitz because Fitz should not be here at this point in time. Obviously, what we're talking about is branching of the timelines. And I think that's why we can successfully say that this is a different universe than the endgame universe, because that's a whole different timeline stuff, too. And I think I know the moment of which the timeline diverted, which to me is when they came back from the future. Michelle, does that make any sense? Yes, because when we learn when they get into the future and we see the Earth in shambles, at first think, oh, maybe it's a Thanos thing, but it wasn't. The Earth was quaked apart, which is what, you know, we learned from Deke. And in his timeline, the Earth cracked apart. Then things were trying to, you know, get to solve it and everything. And then he and, you know, his parents end up being born and then he ends up being born. But in his, for him to happen, the Earth needs to be apart. Well, when they went back, Deke accidentally went back, meaning he's like this time remnant piece out there off alone daisy learned that lesson and she did something different the team did something different they let Coson die she was able to get talbot basically into the atmosphere and the earth didn't quake apart and without the earth quaking apart then all those events that sort of like led up basically to deke's birth i should put it that way won't happen and Therefore, they do need to go get Fitz because now the Kree's not going to come to a broken earth. They don't need to try to figure all these things out. Yeah, they when they came back and Daisy learned her lesson and they didn't, she didn't quake the earth. Boom, new timeline. At the end of the last season, Deke at the beginning of the episode had stocked his room in the lighthouse full of stuff. Because he wanted to prepare for the future. At the end of the episode, Deke is not present, although he did say he was going to leave. But Deke was not present. And then everything was gone from his room aside from Fitz's multi-tool, which he inherits in the future. And it was a big question to us as to what was going to happen with Deke. We got a little tidbit of that in the preview for next week that Deke is still alive. And we won't go into that right now, but next episode will be with Deke. I thought Deke might show up this episode, kind of like he did last season where he came out of nowhere with his <laughs> uh, Star-Lord helmet and stuff. I thought he was going to save Fitz and Enoch. He didn't. And he's still on Earth. So we got that going on. And actually, that leads to another time anomaly, which leads me to speculate to what Sarge and his crew are actually doing. And I think they're looking for time anomalies or something like that. What do you think, Michelle? I don't know about that part yet with Sarge because he shot a beam up and it interfered, I guess, maybe with our atmosphere or something. They said something about we've seen better or we seem worse. Right now, it's too soon for me to say what Sarge is up to. I think it'd be too convenient if it was just tied into that. I, I'm hoping that it's something unique and kind of different. Well, what they did is after they shot it up into the atmosphere, I think it was just a sensing sort of thing. And then five dots showed up on the map of North America. It was basically a line across and one north and one south. I'm thinking Deke is one of those dots. And I'm thinking they're going after that, but I don't know why exactly. I'm thinking it's an anomaly of some sort, a time anomaly. And they might be trying to save the timeline in this planet. I don't know. 
I, I have no idea what's going on, just like you said, but that's a speculation at this point. It's possible that this is what they're doing. Well, yeah, okay, okay, I see. So, in the footage, they saw a world being destroyed. And there is that idea that if you mess with time too much, you can destroy a reality or, or something like that. So maybe they weren't successful in saving that timeline or something, and now they're uh, here, and they're trying to do it again and hopefully maybe succeed. Is that what you're thinking? I'm thinking that might be what their purpose is. Or maybe they're just cleaning up so when everything's destroyed, there isn't any anomalies left. I have no idea. But, and it might not even be that. They might be coming in for something, but something leads, well, I'll, I'll just get into it. So the preview for next week does have Coulson going after Deke. And I'm thinking that is a direct result of this. And the only reason why he would be going after Deke, in my opinion, is because he shouldn't be there because he's an anomaly. And that's what I think he's trying to clean up. He's trying to clean up the timeline. The timeline's been messed up seriously, not only from the Avengers, but the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. themselves have definitely messed everything up. And I'm, I'm thinking this is this half of the season. Uh, so season six is 13 episodes. Season seven is 13 episode. I'm going to kind of call them season six and 6.5, kind of like what they did with BSG in the last season. So I'm thinking the first half of this season is all about correcting the timeline, and I have no idea what the next half of the season is going to be. So that's just my speculation right now. It is is great that they're giving us no reason, no hard nuggets of exactly what they're doing. And the showrunners have just been wonderful, and they keep us interested too. It's not like we're not interested in what happens. We're interested in the characters, first of all, but the plot is definitely something that we're interested in. And this show is just, when I look back on it later on, it's not as thematic as like a Game of Thrones is, but it's just well done for a genre show. It really is. This reminds me of The Flash. When Barry messes up the timeline and even when Thawne messes it up there are these time rapes that come after speedsters who manipulate time too much and that's what this seems to remind me of because the hunter says you are out of time and at first you interpret that as you're out of time I'm going to kill you but the hunter means no you are out of your timeline and Enoch, when he sees Gemma, says, Gemma Simmons, you're not supposed to be here. Exactly. Because she's supposed to be transported automatically 75 years in the future, and she's not supposed to be alive right then. Yeah. Uh, you could think of it in terms of the Time Bureau over on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, or, you know, take your pick of time copy sort of stuff. But I think that's what's going on right now. And I don't even know where the Time Hunters are, if they're in this timeline itself or maybe they're in a bubble universe because we now have established that Malt marvel is a multiverse and i have no idea if they're in this multiverse or in another so it's wow just so many possibilities right now and we have 10 more episodes left of this season i just can't wait to see where it goes and we nice to see deke again too next week we have a little fun along the way, and that's what this episode is tremendous about, because we're dealing with these complex timey-wimey issues, which we don't get any resolution to at all. You're dealing with Gemma desperately trying to find Fitz. You're dealing with Fitz trying to get to Gemma, and you've got in the background something going on with Sarge, a.k.a. Coulson, and there's just big, hefty stuff, but they have fun this episode. They have fun because it's ladies' night. They have fun because, well, they're eating some munchies that gets them high accidentally. I have to say that accidentally high because they were starving. And that Fitz himself is having a little fun gambling because you can't gamble and not have fun. I mean, it's high stress environment if you're, it's an all or nothing sort of thing, which kind of was for Fitz, but there's some fun with it. So, yeah, the producers, the showrunners, they gave us some fun with this episode. We learned not to bet on 14. Don't hit on four. Yeah. I mean, I, I, over the 
yesterday went to a, a casino and I mean, I lost, you know, a couple of dollars or 20 or something at blackjack, but I didn't get shot in the chest for it. Yeah, that was that was hardcore death right there. And if I, it wasn't meaningless because Fitz was able to use his blood, which was sulfur, to create uh, some sort of a fire around the door and explode it and, and get out and escape. So there was some meaning to it for our heroes. But that poor guy, I mean, think about what sort of desperation you have to be to want to be in that position to possibly be sold into slavery. I mean, that's hardcore right there. Exactly. And of course, when Fitz blows the door, they see each other and the time cup comes along and grabs Fitz and you're just like, oh, dig on it. Now, Piper and uh, Davis, they're also having a little bit of fun on the ship and Piper discovers she apparently Piper has some amazing fortitude. I don't think she ate. I know. And that's what I was saying. Apparently, she's not hungry. Maybe she gets to a point where you haven't eaten so long that you're just not hungry for anything, especially nothing that's supposedly sugary. So she didn't eat anything. And then poor Davis, he had like six of them because he was just so he was he was tripping his mind off. And uh, yeah, he gets some animal crackers in the end out of it. I don't know if he ate them, but you got the box. But he shot the fuse box. Yeah, which is unfortunate. I was hoping that Fitz was going to be able to make it back to the Zephyr and repair it. But yeah, now we know that they're stuck out there because the fuse box needs to be fixed. I'm surprised the whole plane didn't go down when they shot it. Talking about fun, when the uh, hunters barge their way into the uh, establishment, they, they shoot the breeder and they come in. And Daisy, because she is inebriated, can't aim there was that moment when Gemma was like okay now <laughs> and, and Daisy's just like you know what if I can't quake it I'll break it and she just starts kicking everybody's butt and I'm just going oh Mama May would be so proud she would and this is on the heels of them going through the Daisy was berating her because she was the reason that they were here and not on earth anyway and uh, Daisy said, I'm going to lock you up. And Jim says, I would like to see you try. Who do you think is going to win in that fight, by the way? Daisy and her band of agents or Gemma? Well, if Gemma thought things through, she would have known that the crew would turn on her. And I bet she has something that she could have defended herself with. That's what I was thinking. Something medical, probably, maybe sleeping gas that she's immune to or something like, it's, you know, you never know. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking is she has out just like Fitz outthought his controller. She has already taken steps to outthink the rest of her crew, probably not to incapacitate the crew, like in a fight with the crew. But you never you see Star Trek, you see the Orville or you've seen space stuff and then. Generally, in those situations, the crew gets taken over by some mind control or something like that. So you got to be ready, right? You got to be ready to take back your own ship. So I think she's got something up her sleeve on that and that she'd win. And other than that, if it's a straight out fight, though, totally Daisy. She's got it because even as inebriated as she was, she really took it to those people. I like the fight in this is Daisy taking on the three time cops in the casino and she gets to a point where she gets on a rotating gambling table and she's just, you know, tr using her legs and kicking and everything as the table's moving. It's a pretty awesome scene. I loved it. And it looks to me, again, like Chloe Bennett is doing her own stunts for the most part. Now, I know she's got to have a stunt double in there, but most of the time when you're looking at her, it's her actually doing the stunts, especially when she did that double leg kick. That was her. So kudos to Chloe for keeping in shape and being able to do those stunts. All right. You have anything else to say about this episode, Michelle? I really feel for Enoch. He's wanting to form that friendship with Fitz. He really does see Fitz as his best friend. And then he realizes that he's been decommissioned. He's been abandoned by his own people. And the shame that he feels from that, I mean, he actually feels 
pain and for the actor to take a character that is not really robotic but has a very measured attitude a measured demeanor and to break your heart a little bit that was something that i broke i'm like oh poor enoch i just i just want to go give him a hug and go out and have some ice cream i know enoch after the first couple of episodes when we didn't know what the heck he was or who he was or anything like that he has become a darling of a character on the show i have enjoyed every bit of getting to know him and his wish to help the team out and before it was always i want to make sure the timeline works but now he's got these friends and he really wants to help out his friends and it's mainly fits right now that he's dealing with but at the end we see that he gets to meet Gemma and supposedly goes back to their the Zephyr one, and I don't know what happens from there. But that was heartbreaking as well. Fitz comes out of the slavery gambling table area, and he blows the door, and he walks out, and there's Gemma, who he's been trying to get to, and he's got to be in shock that Gemma's in space, because as far as he knows, other than Maveth, right, that Gemma doesn't have any ability to get to space, but he sees her and then they're going to have this big reunion. And then this hunter comes along, snags him and then takes him off to, I don't know where. And Gemma is just heartbroken until she sees Enoch. And then it makes it a little less bad. I mean, it's still bad because she's the one who got them to this planet to begin with on just the hunch that Fitz was going to be there. And it's devastating. To both of them. I can't imagine what Fitz is thinking either because he sees her and then boom, he's gone and he's captive again. He just escapes one place and he goes to another. He escapes that and then he's taken prisoner again. Fitz is not having a good year. That's true. You think they're going to find him or do you think he's going to escape on his own? I think it'll be a combination of both because even if he can't escape, he would need, I think he would need help. I think Enoch is going to become a member and help them rescue Fitz. Right, because what was allayed to us during the episode was the hunters are Comic-Con hunters. Did I miss that, or is that what you got That out is of it? correct. Okay. That is correct. So Enoch is a Comic-Con, like a researcher, and then there's these hunters to maintain the timeline. So Enoch knows a little bit about what the hunters are. So yeah, they can use him to find out where Fitz is and then hopefully rescue him. I don't know. Maybe they're going to take Fitz to where he's supposed to be right now. I have no idea. Well, technically, that is their goal. Enoch was like, we need to get you a cryo chamber. We need to put you back in. And his plan was to orbit Jupiter. I mean, true, it wasn't in the same spot, but technically, that would be the activity they're supposed to be doing right now is Fitz asleep and Enoch watching. So he is trying to correct the timeline. He is, but he was decommissioned. I guess they thought he wasn't fixing it fast enough, or maybe they thought he was having too much fun and really not trying anymore. Yeah, they might have some sort of sensor system, the hunters, to figure out how fast the universe is degrading because the timeline is not what it's supposed to be. And they decided to take action when it got to a certain critical point. I could see that. I thought this was a good episode. It might, I don't know if I could pick a favorite out of the first three because they've all been pretty good. What I like is that they're getting better and they're, the story is starting to move along. And I like how it's not just like, here's an info dump. Now let's see what happens. It's very much, there's a mystery to it. And I like that. I like the pacing that they have so far. You think with the 13 episode season, they were able to move the story along without any slow episodes? Yeah, because filler episodes aren't my favorite. There's very few filler episodes where I can go, oh, wow, that was worthwhile. I really think that was great. Yeah, so far they've all been bang on. And I think next week is going to be bang on, too. I mean, with Deke, it's hard to go wrong anyway. It'd be good to have him back in the fold as well. So. What we've done in the past is we started to rate Mac as director. Mac was not in this one, 
Daisy was team leader or mission leader, whatever you want to call it. Do you want to rate her? Or do you want to skip it? Because it was kind of messed up this week. It was messed up. I do like the moment under the table where Daisy and Gemma <laughs> girls night. are doing girls night. There is that there, sometimes lady friends when they get intoxicated there comes a stage where they're just like i love you no i love you i'm really sorry i did this and i'm so sorry too and they have that moment and i loved it i know the shippers are going to go wild about that scene but i didn't take it as a shipping scene i think they were just as you said just like a buddy buddy sort of thing underneath the table that's how i took it anyway yeah it's two friends realizing i messed up and i messed up and we need to patch things up, and they did while being inebriated. I'm going to go back to trying to rate Daisy. I'm not going to full bore rate her, but because she's not the director anymore, she voluntarily gave that up to Mac. That was her decision as director, saying, I can't handle this. I'm going to give it to Mac. However, I will say she diffused the situation on board the Zephyr really quickly after they got through the jump point because. Davis and Piper were not happy with Gemma, so she was able to get the team to settle down and coalesce at that point, and then the team was able to take down the hunter on board the ship. Ultimately, the hunter escaped on board the ship. She did a great job. It, it was basically just her, but she made the decision that I'll take these hunters on in the casino, and Gemma's going to go try to find Fitz. So they split up at that point in time, and that was her decision. So. I think she did pretty well. I mean, if I was writing her, I'd rate her pretty high for this episode. <laughs> no pun intended, by the way. I'd rate her pretty high this episode, but I'm not going to put a number on it. That's just my take on it. I'm looking forward to next week. How about you, Michelle? Almost definitely. All right. So next week, we're going to be talking the fourth episode of the sixth season, Code Yellow. An, an interesting title. We'll probably get back to Dr. Uh, what's his name? Branson. And... Agent May and what's going on with Sarge and that sort of thing. Do you think we're going to go back and get anything in space or do you think this is all going to be an Earth episode next time? I wonder if it's going to be an Earth episode only because this was a space episode only. That's what I'm thinking. So be prepared for an Earth episode only next week. Might not happen, but just be prepared for it. I don't remember seeing anything spacey in the preview for next week. All right. So with that, without... Lauren and Haley, we are going to forego our weekly news and our weekly feedback session, and we are just going to work on successfully navigating through the space customs and get this one out. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us in this season. It is fun. Notice a lot of new subscribers to the podcast. If you're new, welcome. We really sincerely appreciate your downloads and don't hesitate to get in touch with us in all the ways and ask us questions and we'll be able to talk to about them next week. Yes, thank you to everyone who listens, downloads, watches our videos. We really appreciate every feed, all the feedback and interaction that we get, Discord, Twitter, and such. So we really do appreciate it. You do. So until next time, I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. It's not getting old, is it? No. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. How was D&D?
fun. New group. Oh, new group. Yeah, it's a Sunday game at a shop. Is it at a uh, game shop or a comic book yeah. shop? Game shop. Okay. We finally got one of our own. Okay. Is it pretty happening or is it just you guys there? No, it's starting to gain some steam and stuff. We actually had two D&D games. There's actually two running. Nice. There's something in D&D now called Adventures League where it's like organized play and there's tier ones and stuff. And we just started this tier one. Like I'm in a tier, this is my tier one group. And then on Fridays, that's my tier three group. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. Well, good. Man, I want to talk about how I, I just kind of want like a Leo Enoch travel. The sp- <laughs> Those two, it's awesome. I mean, I know it's kind of sad what happened at the end, which we'll talk about, but oh, we got to talk. We got to talk about their friendship. It reminded me of the uh, the trio friendship with uh, Colson, Fitz, and uh, Hunter. Successfully navigate through space customs. There we go. So I watch a lot of sailing YouTube channels, and they go to different countries all the time. As a matter of fact, you only get a visitor pass for so long, depending on what the country is. And... In some cases, you actually have to go back and return to your home of origin just to renew your passport. You renew your residency mm-hmm. every once in a while, and some countries are different than others, so it's hard to say what a, a, a hard and fast thing is. But since they're always going to new countries, you always see on these sailing YouTube channels their trip or saga to the harbor master, to the customs, and what is the other one that they have to go to? There's another one they have to go to. Anyway, it's not always in one place and it's not always by the harbor. Sometimes it's in the middle of town and you're scratching your head over why the heck did they set up this office in the middle of town where there is, there's no transportation in and out. It's not like they have an airport or anything there. So it's like, I don't understand why don't they just put the customs office next to the harbor. (laughs) Anyway, it's always an adventure. Bahamas is one of the few places that it's not an adventure just because they welcome all the tourism because without the tourism, it would be nothing. Yeah. But they do only give you like 60 or 70 days and you, in some countries, you actually have to provide like bank statements and say how much money that you have so that you have enough money to leave the country when it's done. I did see the flash since we had that discussion on discord i'm not incredibly wild with how that ended with excess just dusting away i kept wondering why are they being allowed to spend this much time with their adult daughter yeah and i'm going wow this is really messing up the timeline this is really messing up the timeline this is really when this she goes back and Wow, Iris really knows a lot about how not to be a bad mother. And if she's not, if she if she changed to her way she was a, being a mom, then excess wouldn't have been excess. So really, that I think that was the only way it could have ended. That's fair. Just uh, Flash has this way of of trying to be the lighter show, but it's really when it comes down to it it's like the darkest show because they they really get you where it counts yeah i'm not a big fan of cisco there's rumors that oh the man who plays him Uh, carlos valdez valdez yeah there's rumor that he might not come back i don't know if he's just waiting or if they're still doing contract things, but I mean, they gave him a walking away into the sunset moment. Yeah. Him not being vibe anymore. But I do miss, I really like Ralph. I, I, I really miss like how big it got. And I miss, you know, like how we talk about how we kind of miss OTA when we talked about arrow and how it got crowded 
it's gotten crowded on Flash. I really miss it when it was just, you know, Barry, Caitlin, and Cisco kind of doing her thing. And there's Iris and Joe and stuff. That's great. But like now there's Ralph in there and everything. It's just, I just really feel, I just kind of, you know, and it's true. They really haven't been giving Cisco that much to do. He's really just been vibe on the show. Yeah. And if, is Tom Cavanaugh coming back next year? Well, if Thawne, Thawne said at the end, see you at the next crisis. Right. So, but for the season, though. I don't know if he's coming back for the season or not. Because if Thawne doesn't go, if, uh, excuse me, Tom Cavanaugh doesn't come back for the season, then that opens up a spot for uh, a genius. And remember, Cisco was the, the big guy in some of the multiverse. So he could have been a Tom Cavanaugh-like character to bring back and basically be the new Tom Cavanaugh genius. I don't know what they're going to do. That's another head-scratcher of, you're not giving me a good idea of what you're going to do for the future. Of course, I you know, I don't think that with Crisis, they... Much of the show, many of the shows can really deviate from that. Did the monitor come in the flash? Yes. Where was the monitor in the flash in this last episode? So all you saw was Gideon with the crisis time clock. That's all you didn't see the monitor in the flash. It was a time clock. Okay. But yeah, obviously it was flash vanishes in a crisis. So it was still crisis stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously they're setting that up. Unfortunately, I think Crisis would be a bigger event if we knew that the Arrow wasn't ending. But since we know that the Arrow is ending, then it's a little less. Mm. But Batwoman is is airing the fall, right? Yeah. Okay. They're going to have a lot of comic book shows running for those 10 weeks or whatever. Oh, and Emily's not coming back to the show. Right. Yeah. Did you? I don't know if you. Oh, no. She's not coming back for the final. Yeah. I was going to, we were going to talk about it, you know, like when we do the next show, I have the news piece on it. But oh, yeah. I, I hadn't heard that. Okay. Well, did she, did the article say something about her shooting scenes already? Uh, no. Apparently, um, according to the article, she actually told them at the beginning of the season she didn't want to come back. Oh. Um, it wasn't, yeah. It, it, it was just announced in March, but apparently they knew for. Oh. Um, a while wow. and she's been quoted as, uh, as saying felicity story is done okay well they yeah. ended it well i mean i yeah. see that but i'd hoped at least to get a scene with her in the monitor like i said in our last show oh well i guess that's just going to be inferred yeah i don't think it's gonna it'd be great if it does but i understand if it doesn't happen yeah Wow, she was done. I wonder why she was done. I don't know. Maybe it's personal reasons. Maybe it's job things. Who knows? Somebody could have advised her that, look, the show is not good anymore. You need to get off of it. I, I could, And then her wanting to make, save face in the industry so gave the creative team a whole year to figure out what they wanted to do. Uh, that's a, a good way out. Also, I mean, I she probably realized that Stephen Amell wanted season seven to be it because he was talking about season seven being it as well. It's too bad that she won't be around for Crisis, though. Uh, the way they wrote it, that's totally. I mean, she's out. She's there. I mean, she's there, but she's protecting her kids. Right. And- she's busy doing that. Yeah, let's see her. And I know you. I don't think you watch Big Bang Theory, right? I saw the finale. Okay. So I was a little disappointed in the finale because there was not a a parade of goodbyes. I mean, the whole season, I guess, was a parade of goodbyes. But they didn't have some of the major secondary characters come back like I thought they would in the last couple of episodes. It was fine the way they ended it because you got to end it somehow. But it wasn't an epic ending. It was just an all cute ending talking about endings like how do you how do you end the character those characters right and then how do you end felicity's character if you compare the two endings felicity got a much better ending to her character than any of those on the show i specifically think Roz got shafted big time 
because Raj always got shafted. That's one of the reasons why I just stopped. Wa- I stopped watching years ago for many reasons. Yeah. So Raj was actually on kind of a redemption arc with relationships, and he was following the traditional Indian, like Pakistan, India. He's following the Indian path of arranged marriage, and that act- that whole story was actually going okay. And then they just dropped it. It was like a two-year build to just drop it a couple of episodes or, you know, in the penultimate episodes. Like, what the hell? And so Raj completely got shafted. And that is one of the things that's clawing at me at the finale for that, too. But I don't know. It had fun episodes and it didn't have fun episodes. But at least they didn't How I Met Your Mother it. So, okay. I know that's going to claw at me uh, the further it gets is I'm going to think about what they did to Raj and go, that's not right. Anyway, but I think the way they left Emily, that was probably good for her character. I look forward to seeing what she's doing. By the way, Quentin Lance uh, is getting his new show Wednesday on NBC, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. The guy who plays Quentin Lance. Oh, I didn't know he had got a new show. Yeah, I just saw the commercial for it as I was watching, I believe, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Actually, no, it was on NBC. Oh, so I was watching the the race. I had it on in the background. What is it called? It is it's called something weird. And he hasn't changed a bit. I'm not going to watch it, by the way. Because it just looks to me like it's going to... It has nothing redeeming for me. Paul Blackthorne. Yeah, I just don't have room for anything new. The in-between. He's playing Detective Tom Hackett and Detective Paul Hackett. I don't know why the two names there, but maybe he's a twin. Huh. The in-between. A woman who assists the dead with their unresolved problems helps detectives solve murder cases. Okay, well, he's got that rolled down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he knows how to be a detective. Broadcast has been successfully terminated by paper cuts. <laughs> Legends of Shield is copyright 2013 through 2019.